If you were no longer affected by the judgment of others and you stopped judging yourself, would you make different choices? Why make choices in your life based on judgments instead of on your awareness of what would create the life and living you desire? Everyone has the potency to make inspired choices. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the creativity that is you. Now, here is the host of Inspired Choices Radio Show, Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Welcome, everyone, to the Inspired Choices Radio Show. I am your host, Christine McIver, for today's show, and it is Wednesday, January the 29th, and up here in Canada, it's still really cold. Well, that's what normally goes on in January in Canada, so as long as we have some warm, woolly socks, we're good to go. I would love to be your possibilities coach. Working together, we will create the living and loving you desire with all the possibilities available in the universe. I'm a certified facilitator with Access Consciousness, a bar facilitator, possibilities show host, and radio show host, and so much more. My programs assist you in bringing more possibilities to actualization. Are you ready to claim what you desire? Connect with me to learn more. While I do charge for my services, the first minutes are always free. So ask yourself, what are you ready for now? And what mystery would you like to unravel? I'm very excited for today's show. Very special lady that I met just mm, about a year ago. Her name is Anne Maxwell. And today we're talking about parenting beyond judgment. Whether you have children, I'm sure at one point you interact with children, and perhaps you were a child at yourself at one time. I'm sure that there will be something here for you to enjoy as well. So, Joe, as a parent, do you ever judge yourself? Judge your kids because that's what you were taught would make them change? Or do you judge the system that it doesn't work for you? What if it were possible to create a completely different way of being with your child, with your family, and with yourself, regardless of what you were taught despite what other people have said to you and about you, and no matter what your experiences have been? What if you know more than anyone else does about what works for you and for your child, even if it flies in the face of everything you've been told? Well, today my wonderful guest, uh, Anne Maxwell, is going to be sharing so much with us. And I'm just going to, before I bring Marilyn, I've got a Marilyn on my I've got a Marilyn on my mind, Anne. Second name, Marilyn, by any chance, Anne? <laughs> could be, could be. Right? Before I bring Anne in, I'm going to read her bio to you. And I, I am going to read the whole thing, Anne, even though you said it was a little long, because I love the whole part of it. So if everyone awesome. will indulge me, you'll hear all sorts of amazing things about Anne. So Anne Maxwell is a child and play and family therapist and an access consciousness facilitator. Known as the play lady by many of the children with whom she works and as the kid whisperer by some of her colleagues, she facilitates access consciousness worldwide, workshops worldwide. Born in Washington, D.C. and traveled and lived in Europe as a child, raised in a bilingual home, she has always known different is simply different, not right, not wrong. 
Anne was trained traditionally as a therapist with special specialties in child and family and child and play and family therapist. Wow, I've got a tongue tie this morning. So, she has over 20 years of experience working with kids of all ages and with all kinds of adults and families. She has been trained by some of the very best in her fields and has worked in a variety of settings. Prior to working with children and families directly, she worked in Washington, D.C. in national politics. She successfully lobbied for the authorization of and funding for a $25 million primary prevention and early intervention program for at-risk mothers and their babies. Eager to work with children and families, she changed directions from lobbying on behalf of kids and families to attending graduate school so that she could become credited to work directly with them in a clinical capacity. Her first internship in grad school involved identifying at-risk children in an elementary school district. Following her graduation, she worked in a residential treatment center where children who are not able to function in a home or regular school are placed. Knowing that there was more to children than her trainings led her to believe, she discovered Access Consciousness, gave her the tools and processes to use to enhance what she had learned. In 2010, she founded the Child and Family Play Therapy Center, which is dedicated to empowering kids and parents to know what they know and to create that the kind of change in their lives they would like to have. Anne now travels the world facilitating classes as ha- and has developed a unique approach for change for children and families. She d- teaches kids and parents to tap into and recognize their own abilities and knowing. And results have been magical, phenomenal, and amazing. Healing and change are so much easier, more effective, more fun, and faster. Wow, and that is just a fantastic. Welcome to my show today, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your brilliance with our listeners today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Christine. It was awesome to actually hear the bio, and, and I sort of lose track of where I was and what I've done and, and who I am sometimes. You know, you get you get involved in the daily details, and it's it's like awesome. I So thank you for all that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So pairing beyond judgment, how much judgment do you see in the world with parenting, Anne? Well, you know, I was on a plane yesterday coming back from Houston and um, to Denver, and I sat next to this amazing woman. She was just awesome. She and her husband and their exactly one-year-old baby, his birthday was the day before yesterday, and and she's an awesome mom. And at the very beginning of the flight, she was really nervous and uptight, and the baby was was just screaming. And the more the baby screamed, the more nervous and uptight she <laughs> became. And so I I did what I do, you know. I connected with the baby, and and he locked eyes with me, and I just like flowed all this, um, really all this energy. Like I got your back, and everything's okay, and 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 you know you're fine right now. Your mom is too, even though she doesn't know it, you know, like that. <laughs> and and he and he calmed down really quickly. And, and then she and I, he ended up sleeping in his dad's lap, and and she and I ended up talking the whole way back. And and um, I could go on and on about the programs that she's doing, but it was one of those magical moments on an airplane where you meet somebody that just connects exactly the right time. And and then she, after we talked to, you know, programs, she said, she asked me a couple of questions about being a parent. And I asked her, what if you would, if you were willing, would you be willing to be a bad parent? And she said, oh, no, I could never be a bad parent. 
And and I said, well, what if you would you be willing to be a bad parent in the eyes of people who judge you, knowing that it's actually not true for you? Their judgments of you. And she, her eyes sort of spun, and she said, well, yeah, I guess. And 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 it's like all this, like you, I could just see her body relax. But what if it were possible to be receive the judgment of other people about whether you were a bad parent or not a good parent? knowing that that's their point of view and not yours and cont- and function as a parent doing the things that you know that work for you and being who you are in a way that works for you and works for your kids right and and she was she was wonderful she was really lovely and and the more she relaxed at the end of the plane ride the the three of them were giggling and laughing and and she, the baby was sitting in her lap and and the dad was um, was had a stuffed animal, and you know, as we're landing and we're over the landing gear, and there's all this, all this noise, you can hear this tinkle of baby laughter over and above Aww. all of that, and it just flooded the cabin. It was so cool, but that like <laughs> like that that yes. that like belly laugh that babies do that makes even the sourest person kind of smile, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just awesome. It was like that, you know. Oh, what a what a blessing to have that interaction, and what a blessing for them to have you present on the plane. <laughs> what a blessing to be sitting next to this magical little, oh my God, he's just amazing baby, just phenomenal <laughs> baby. So it was Isn't very it, cool. I like said about um, not being willing, you know, when you asked her, would you be willing to be a bad parent? Can you say that? Yeah, would you be willing to be a bad parent? Like, what if... Um, being a bad parent or a good parent is totally based. You have to judge yourself in order to be a bad parent, or, or in order to not be a bad parent, in order to be a good parent, or in order to be a not good parent. And when you judge yourself, you 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 take yourself out of the here and now, and you take yourself out of being present and knowing what you know about your kids. And instead, it's almost like you 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 base the the choices that you make for your kids and for yourself on other people's points of view rather than on what you know works for you. So as an example, um, another example, when mom and dad um, came in to see me with their five-year-old son who was keeping them up at night and they were, he wouldn't go to sleep and they get in these huge fights and you know, three, four hours, five hours long and then finally at one o'clock everybody would fall asleep exhausted and wake up in the morning hungover from the emotional you know, pressures and stressors of uh, all the arguments about bedtime and stuff like that at night. And I, and I asked, I, I didn't ask her directly if she would be willing to be a bad parent, but the line of questioning I took with her was along that line. And and I said, well, I said, I asked her how much sleep, I asked her whether her son um, required uh, a lot of sleep. And she said, well, the pediatrician says he's five years old and he needs at least 10 hours of sleep every night. And I asked her how much sleep he was getting, and she said uh, between usually about five times six, but usually five hours. And I said, is he tired in the daytime? Does he take a nap? And she said, oh, no, he doesn't take a nap for years. And I said, so what if, I asked her, what if he doesn't require as much sleep as what the experts say he should? And her eyes sort of spun out, and, and and to the two of them, I said, what if you can put him in charge of his bedtime, right? Not that he gets the run of the house and gets to yell and keep everybody else awake, 
but that he's in charge of when his light gets turned out. And, you know, you do the, what if you could do dinner, bath time, cuddle time, reading time, story time, whatever, and then he's in his room. And the deal is he needs to stay in his room, but he's in charge of when he turns the light out and you can put um, stuff for him to do and to keep him occupied. And the deal is he can't wake anybody up. And the other deal is, when it's time to get up in the morning, he has to get up. There's no, you know, sliding the clock back several hours so that he can stay up all night and sleep all day. And she said, they said, well, okay. <laughs> and they came back a week later and they were, you know, they were relaxed and laughing. And I said, how did it go? And she said, oh, my God, I didn't think it was going to work, but it totally worked. And she said, the worst thing that happened was one morning we woke up and there were Cheerios all over the floor. <laughs> and said, you know, we can, we can manage that. That's just not a deal. And it's like that, right? What if, as a parent, you can trust what you know about your child, even if it flies in the face, and especially when it flies in the face of what all the experts say? So how many of your kids actually require 10 hours of sleep? And maybe a lot of them do. And how many of your kids require three square meals a day? How many of them would prefer to graze sort of all day long? And what, you know, like all those kinds of things. Yes. That's, you know, that's just, you're talking about their eyes. You know, every time you talk about the parents, I can totally feel that. Like, even for me, I mean, my children are grown, and and I can still go, wow. And use all of what you're sharing with us with grown children as well. Because we right. still, as parents, we still see them as our quote-unquote children. We don't necessarily always see them as the adults that they are. And sometimes well, and they need us... Sorry, I was just no, going to say, and sometimes they need us to be parents still, or, right, or require exactly. us. Right. But what if parenting is different? It, what if parenting doesn't have, need to have anything to do with control? Mm-hmm. Right? So what if parenting, rather than being about calling your child and creating him in your in your own eyes, what if parenting could be about facilitating him or her to be who they are, not who you want them to be, but really giving them full-blown permission to be that. And and what if what if parenting could be about um, gifting them with a gift of awareness? Like, so how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You ask them what they know. You ask them what they would like. You ask them questions. And questions are statements with a question mark at the end. A question is a question. So... Like on the airplane yesterday with this, this mom, she was awesome. I, sa- I said that same thing I just said. Question is this not a statement with a question mark? It's a question. So, um, what do you want? To, what do you want for dinner? Is that a question or is that a statement with a question mark at the end of it? So it's a statement with a question mark at the end of it because it presupposes a that they're hungry, b that they're going to eat, and c that it's going to be in the form of dinner. Right? Are you mm. hungry? Fashion. And so the baby yesterday woke up from his nap. And he started to fuss a little bit, and she said to him, are you hungry? whole body just expanded, you know? And she turned around and looked at me, and she said, I asked him the question. <laughs> she was oh so cute. God. And she said, and he's really hungry, and I get it, right? And then, and then she asked him what he wanted to eat. You know, she pulled up the snack bag, and he pointed out what he wanted to eat, like that. Like, what if that's how you, that's the gift of awareness for your child, to ask them questions so that they can tap into what's going to work for them right there, right in the moment. And he preferred to have a salty snack rather than a sweet snack or, what you know, whatever it was. Yes. I, I didn't even pay much attention to it. All right. I know is he chose 
what he was going to have for his snack and it was and it was like awesome that's how you that that's how you give the gift of awareness to your kids you ask them questions like that and you pay attention to how they respond and what they say I love it. I love it. Okay, we have yeah. to jump over for a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk more with Ann Maxwell about the gift of awareness and about control. I, w- I think our listeners want to hear a little bit more about that, too. So everyone stay tuned, and we will be back momentarily. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255, talk, or Canada 613-800-8736, or you can Skype us. Our Skype name is a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to the Inspired Choices radio show with your host, Christine McIver. And today we are discussing parent on judgment with my wonderful guest, Anne Maxwell. If you would like to connect with Anne, you can go over to childfamilyplaytherapy.com or creatingconsciousworld.com leaders, and Ann Maxwell has a page there, or annmaxwell.accessconsciousness.com. So, Ann, before break, we were talking about giving the gift of awareness and control. Can you talk a little bit more about what our parents can do out there to really begin? I know you talked about questions, and of course that's one of the the wonderful things that Access Consciousness teaches us is more asking about the questions. How does that play out for, say, children and parents in school systems where we can do this at home, but when the child actually goes into the school system, perhaps they don't have that ability to um, be facilitated with questions? So that's a great question. And, and one of the things that I do is I work a lot with um, parents of kids whose kids don't necessarily fit in to the um, school system who learn differently from the way 
um, their particular school system may be set up, like that kind of stuff. And and what I do with the kids and with the so lots of different things. So what I do with the kids is I um, I ask them to tap into who they are and what they know, and I ask them questions. Like I had a 16 year old um, that I did a session with a couple days ago, and she. She's in, she's in the IB program, which is the advanced program, and she's really smart, really, really, really bright and just lovely. And she has a biology teacher that she doesn't like. His, she said, I don't like him very much. And, and so I asked her a bunch of questions, like, um, and the main one was, Are you, do you and he think alike? And she, her eyes spun, and she said no. And I, and I asked her, can he does he get what you get? Does he understand what you understand? That can, can he go where you can go? And she said, I don't think so. And and I said, um, and what about you in terms of his teaching style? Can you follow him? And she said, well, if I have to, I can, but it's really boring, <laughs> right? And so what I asked her was if whether it was worth it for her to get a good grade or not in that class, if she would be willing to give him what he required in order to give her a good grade and still learn the stuff in the class she wanted to learn the way she wanted to learn it so that she could she could come away with the with the information that she was looking for with the joy of all of that and 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 you know I asked her like an i b I think they do a lot of group projects, and I said, "Can you and some of your friends?" like do something like that and she said yeah actually so it's it's really like the the tools that i give to kids what that one is is really um not becoming somebody that you're not in order to please somebody who doesn't get who you are and doesn't think like you but to to hold the space of who you are and how you think and how you create and how you function the the space from which you function to hold that space and then to step into other people's worlds to the extent that that's required in order for you to get something that you would like, like a decent grade or whatever, you know, in school typically yeah. it has to do with grades. So like that, that's how I work with the kids. And I tell I parents it. that that's what I'm going to say to them too, right? Right. But it's really, yeah, it's to give, it, again, it's, a, it's the, the awareness, the gift of the awareness to the kids that they are different. Neither one is right, neither one is wrong. They're just really different. And the kids actually, in these instances, uh, function way at a way higher level than, than their teachers do. And, and, and just to give them that awareness, not you can lord it or your teacher at all, but, if, but your teacher is in charge of your grade. So what can you do to... It's almost right. like what can you do to manipulate your teacher to give you a good grade without turning yourself into somebody that you're not. Judging and, yourself for not right. being who your teacher wants you to be, Right. Yes. When you uh, were saying all of that, what you had said to her, my whole body expanded, like my whole being expanded. I had this right. amazing, amazing experience. Thank you for that. Yeah. And yeah. I just got an awareness that when you're sharing the parents, you must be rocking their worlds too. Well, I am. And, and I um, I had a conversation like these, this girl, she's just she's amazing, and her parents are awesome, and her mom has functioned for because this is how she grew up too, from the point of view that parenting is all about controlling your kids and making them do what they have to do and what you want them to do and blah blah blah. And 
the end re- the net result is that this little this girl is incredibly talented and gifted and and just stretched sort of almost not quite beyond her capacity but but um uh sort of struggling right now with the number of um activities that she's doing and you know blah 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 and her mom has a rule that you don't ever skip school you don't ever get a day off from school and i um and so that was the first that was like the intervention that I did with a girl was to ask her if she'd be willing to take a day off just for herself and not um and and it's almost like a mental health day that's what we call them growing up but it's just like a freebie you know where right. you don't have to do anything and like a day for her to nurture herself and to blah blah and, and um she said well like long story short she said I don't think my parents are going to let me do that and I said well can I help you have a conversation with them and she said yeah so the parents came in and it really spun the world around because it just so flew in the face of how she's viewed herself as good parent a good parent makes your kid do blah 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 and then the kids do well like that yeah and I when I talked to her the other day when I talked to the girl a couple of days ago she told me that her mom had had um, a conversation with all of them and had said that she would would be available for them if they were required assistance, but that she wasn't going to be telling them what to do anymore. And, and you know, and and the girl said, it's sort of weird, but it's kind of nice. <laughs> so, that's that's brilliant. You know, um, yeah. I have a, uh, a 17-year-old daughter, and um, a couple of years ago, she was just, she was going through a lot of struggles and, you know, learning to be who she who she was. And she was making some choices, and one of the interesting choices that she made was to not go to school at all. <laughs> like, not. Uh-huh. She would physically go to the building. <laughs> she just liked to socialize. And um, I just said to her, well, you know, it, that's your choice, and, and what's, what are you creating out of that choice? So I didn't make it a big deal um, at the time, and um, so as it turns out, the choice that you know, she created out of that choice was she was no longer with her peers, and right. now she started to look at this like, oh, what's this going to, what's this mean? And she began to then, f- the following year, or actually that summer, she went to summer school, Anne, and she took a course. They didn't have the math level that she was required. They only had the one higher. And uh-huh. her t- and her teacher said she can do the one higher because it wasn't right. that this child didn't have br- brains or brains, right? So she did it. She came out with a 95 <laughs> In summer school, did not miss one day. Did not miss one day of of summer school. Right, <laughs> right. going all year long, which I was cracking right up. Continued, right. continued. Then the next year to go to school and got all A's. <laughs> and right, I just, exactly. and, I, and I just laughed. And but what I remember telling her, and this is even pre-access for me, is I said, "I'm no longer to own your homework." <laughs> <That's>, exactly. <laughs> If you exactly. need me, I'm here, but I'm not going to own your homework. That's your stuff. But, right. but you know, it's like, hey, what do you need anything from me? And if not, cool. <laughs> and it's really changed when I gave up owning her stuff. And supporting her is different than what I was taught as a young mother. Right, exactly. It, it, it's nearly like we support was really control, <laughs> Right, exactly. Like, you need exactly. to support your children, but what they actually meant was you need to troll them. Right, right. And and what that creates is kids who are dependent 
and who don't trust themselves. I mean, that's the thing when, when, when you, in, when you, it's almost like you, when you impel your point of view on your child that you're right and they're wrong, they don't, they learn not to trust themselves. Mm. And I can't tell you what percentage of my adult practice is adults who don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they like. They trust their intuition. They think they don't even have an intuition or a sense of, you know, or awareness or whatever you want to call it. And and I swear I think it, it stems from um, like pretty early childhood where mm-hmm. you're, you know, where you're, the, the knowing that you have or the awareness that you have is, is invalidated or made fun of, or devalued, or whatever. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I sound sort of grim when I say that, because I think that it goes from generation to generation, and that's just how we got brought up. Parents know, right? Mommy knows best. It's like, really? Is that actually actually true? And one of the magical moments that can happen between a child and a parent is when the parent asks the child, so what do you know? What do you know about that? And, like, listen, (laughs) they'll tell you. They'll totally tell you. I, I, there's a five-year-old that was uh, getting in trouble again, and his mom, his mom had four different kids by four different men and a new boyfriend, and she was, um, she had been involved with a lot of with a lot of drugs as a teenager, and she's now in her late twenties, um, finishing up at beauty school and um, going to school full time, and still. Um, doing her substance abuse programs and all that kind of stuff and raising four kids with the help of her mom and stepdad and and so periodically that this little guy was her was her primary guy you know she was he was the one that was the closest to her and um periodically he he acts out and so this one particular time when he was acting out he was naughty at home he was naughty at grandma's he was naughty in school he was naughty at friends houses he was just naughty all the time and I, so they came into the office together, and he's climbing all over her, and she's just so irritated with him, she can hardly see straight. It's like literally pushing him off her lap as he's trying to climb into her lap on the sofa. And I asked him, um, I, I asked him, what do you know about your mom, right? What do you know about you, and what do you know about your mom? And he's five years old. And he sort of froze, and he said, Mikey's going to move in. And Mikey was her boyfriend at the time. And I said, right. oh, what do you know about Mikey moving in with your mom and you? And he stopped breathing. And his, I mean, he adores me and I adore him. Like one of those deals. And he's, his eyes locked into mine and he said, Mikey's going to leave mommy and mommy's going to cry. At which point his oh. mom burst into tears. Right. And, and <laughs> that sh- shifted the whole thing. I mean, it, like they, at the end of this, by the end of the session, they were sitting next to each other hands to themselves, <laughs> sort of glowing at each other, right? And and I, you know, I did a lot of stuff that we don't need to go into here, but um, she broke up with Mikey, and Mikey never did, and, you know, I haven't heard from them since, and that was like a year ago. <laughs> but, I, wow. but I hear from them, you know, I hear from, so that's sort of how my practice is. I, as opposed to every week for three years, I hear from clients when stuff when the wheels start to fall, start to come off. You know, they'll come in for right. a session like that, and then the wheels get put back on, and or they put their own wheels back on, and then <laughs> you know, th- then they're good to go for another year, another six months, or another two years, or three years, or whatever. Right, and you know, the, the what I'm hearing 
what you do with people is you're you're giving them tools. Um, yeah. How they yeah. can move forward and right. and you're not the quote unquote expert, uh-uh. but but someone who has a heck of a lot of awarenesses that can share with the rest of us. Yep. What a blessing yeah, you are. Yeah, I love doing it, and I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't tell them what to do. I just ask them questions. And the, like going back to something that we were talking about before about um, kids, like a daughter, and um, like when they really when they rebel. I, I wonder if you, like, one of the things that I really get is that kids can get that they create their futures based on the choice they make today. And so if you, like we do, we create our futures based on the choices we make today. And so, and it's not based on the choices we make in a year, but our future is created based on the choices we make today. And so kids really get that. And so I had one 10-year-old, or I think he was 11 at that point, um, really gifted kid, um, some autistic and some um, ADD uh, symptoms and a lot of difficulties getting along with other kids, really impatient, bad temper, like that kind of stuff. And... And he was he would go at war with different kids, and he's really sensitive. And and so, my sense was that it's picking up on a lot of other people's stuff and thinking that it was his own, and then acting it out and getting in trouble for it. But anyway, I said to him, he was plotting revenge against the kid. He'd been invited to a birthday party, and then his nemesis talked the birthday boy out of disinviting him. So then he was disinvited to the birthday party, and he was really mad. And he was plotting revenge, right? <laughs> and so yeah. I let him go through revenge plot. And then, and I said, so <laughs> what's that like? So what's that going to be like when you, when that, if you create that, what's that going to be like? Or if you do that, what's that going to be like? And he said, oh, it's going to be so much fun. They're going to be so sorry and blah, blah, blah. And I said, right. And what else is going to create? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, what about for the teachers or the parents or the moms or the other kids? or you know?" And I just asked them questions. It's really like, what's this choice going to create for yourself? And when you ask them questions like that, they get to tap into the energy. I, like, I had no point of view about whether he sought revenge on this other kid or not. And when I didn't have a point of view and when I didn't try and come in or out of anything, he got to tap into the energy of what it was that he was creating and, and then to choose whether that was actually what he was going to do or not. And he loved the revenge part and he loved the part of making the other kid be like suffer however uh, however he came up with it. But he did get to spend the energy of what that would create in his life. And he actually chose something different. He didn't do it. So you didn't make him wrong for wanting revenge. No. And you, you allowed him you allowed him to <laughs> Get right into that, like I like saying, marinate in it, and right. and um, you didn't force him to see really quickly what's going to happen. Like a lot of the time, oh. what what parents do is you can't do that, Johnny, because this is what's going to happen. Right. Or okay, what so will the I neighbors think? Right. Exactly. So I have a question for parents. Like, what if you really are way more aware of the result of the choices that your kids are making and what that's going to create in their lives? But what if you don't have to do anything with that awareness? What if you can just have the awareness and not do anything? Because that's the, that's the kicker is when, when mm. people turn the awareness that they have instantly into a judgment, that's where you get hooked, right? Yes. 
Right, because as soon as we have the awareness, we want to tell Johnny because p- part of we think we need to protect Johnny. Right. Um, but but right. but what we're really doing is we're trying to protect us from judgment. Right. And and protect but, our child from judgment. Yes. Right. Exactly. And what the greatest form of protection is awareness. Yes. Right. Because yeah. you can't you can't be with your kids twenty four seven, and even if you are, you blink your eyes and they'll still do something that makes you crazy. So. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you, you know what I mean? If that's how you function. So what if awareness is the greatest gift that you can give your child? And what if it's the greatest, because then, and awareness is nothing cognitive. Awareness is energetic. It's, it's, it's like, it's like um, on the morning of 9-11, there were thousands of people who should have been in the Twin Towers who didn't go to work that day. Yes. Because they had a headache or their alarm didn't go off or... They hit the snooze button too many times, or their kid was sick and had to stay home, or the kid missed the school bus so they missed the train, or like all that stuff. That's awareness. That's all the the sort of physical manifestations of the energetic awareness of I'm not going to go to work, or if I do go to work, it's going to be late. Right. Right? Which we often labeled as coincidence. Exactly, or luck. Right. Yeah. So I was driving on the street, and I usually go right through orange lights, and it was a snowy, icy day. And for whatever reason, I, and now that now I know that it was razor edge awareness, I slowed the car down and stopped. And there was an accident right in front of me, like five seconds later, and I would have been right in the middle of it, right? Yes. Like that. That's awareness. Like that. And we all right. have those moments. We do. Yeah. And and what would it take for all of us to turn them up and for us to allow our children to use them? Because don't children have greater awareness than we do and we teach them to turn it off? Well, what if what if kids have greater accessibility to their awareness than we do? Right? Cuz we have a lot of we have pretty much turned it off um over years, but kids are kids are incredibly aware just like we could be if we didn't have all the blocks and all the um, all the judgments interfering. Um, mm-hmm. But there's this sense of, of I don't know if you've ever talked about infinite being and the difference between your being and your body, but um, that's something that kids really get. That that as a it's almost like your soul, your spirit, that part of you that goes on forever. That's what I refer to as infinite being. And as yes. an infinite being, we know everything, and we have like awareness of everything, and and it's all the ways that um, it's almost it's like all the ways that we uh, disavow that or, or don't allow that knowing or that awareness um, into our lives that we get stuck, you know. And it's all the judgments, all the trying to fit into this reality, like that kind of stuff. But yes. yeah, I think we we all have the same capacity, and kids have much easier access to it than we do. You're yes. absolutely correct with that. Yeah, loving and kids are, the increasing of awareness, and kids are much more willing to let go of their judgments than adults are. You know, kids <laughs> are much more willing to stop doing something that's actually not working for them. <laughs> right? Yeah. And just watch watch toddlers. Right? They go from thing to thing to thing to thing, thing to thing to thing, and when it stops working, they move on to the next and move on to the next and move on to the next. And we get stuck with, ah, I'm going to make this work, God damn it. And, I'm going right? to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to 
power my way through, right? Yeah, watch how strong I am. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish our – how did that hour go so fast? Finish our hour with uh, Ann Maxwell. Hold on, and we'll be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255, talk, or Canada 613-800-8736, or you can Skype us. Our Skype name is a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Inspired Choices Radio and my special guest, Ann Maxwell, today. And if you'd like to connect with Ann Maxwell, you can go to www.childfamilypaytherapy.com or www.creatingaconsciousworld.com, leaders slash Anne Maxwell, or annemaxwell.accessconsciousness.com. And you're just placing, thank goodness for that. <laughs> so what <laughs> would you like to share with our listeners? We've got about 10 minutes remaining in the show. And um, what's really going on out in the world that you're you're being a being a visual visual observer of that is creating um, both change and chaos for parents and children? Well, I, you know, hmm, that's a great question. I, I, um, one of the things that I am aware of is the, the degree of change that um, parents and kids are willing to have is so much greater now than it, than it used to be and and um and, and that the healing or the change happens so much faster than it used to i don't you know i think that i think that um i, I, I the client and it may just be the clients that i'm attracting the clients that i'm drawing in 
into my practice and into my workshops, but they really are looking looking for they're not wanting to stay stuck in the same place like people who want to who want to stay stuck in the same place typically don't find me right um, because I'm all about getting unstuck it's what you would like to do and if you want to stay stuck I'm happy to listen to it but um, <laughs> oh, why bother people, people right people who insist on stuckness typically don't don't like it so yeah I I just I think that uh, one of my one of my targets or one of the things that I'm really shooting for is, is generations of kids and parents and families where there is more awareness and more consciousness and more nurturing and more kindness and um, and more really more presence, more awareness. And I say that in not in any kind of a judgmental way because I think that people really do um, uh, create the lives that they create based on how they were raised and based on how their parents lived. And I think there's a growing sense out there that that's not good enough anymore. And 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 so it's it's pretty it's pretty wonderful. That yeah, I I think that you're right um, of what I'm seeing as well. And of course, I'm not involved with children to the degree that you are, but I, you know, just even on social media or talking to people, it seems to be that reaching for more, and they're making a demand and not always sure which way they're, where they should be reaching towards. You know, that would work yeah. for them. Yeah, and I the other thing that I'm really aware of is that there are fewer and fewer kids that are willing to put up with the status quo, right? Yeah. Fewer and fewer kids that are willing to put up with being taught in the lame brain, repeated and spit it, you know, regurgitate it the way you took it in kind of way. Draw this flower. No, you can't use these colors. You have to use this color. No, you can't draw it like that. You have to draw it like this. No, no, no. Kids aren't willing to like stand for. They won't settle for that anymore. And and um, and I'm really pretty excited about that. I'm actually really thrilled. And there are a lot of adults. There are a lot of really amazing teachers and um, uh, therapists and parents and people who work with kids who are. It's almost like once they once they have the awareness that once they give themselves permission to know what they know and to be who they are and to do what they know is going to work. Um, it, it's creating sort of a tsunami of change, and it's really wonderful. There are a lot of people out there who know a whole lot more about kids and about themselves than they give themselves credit for, and they're actually beginning to give themselves credit for that. So what do I mean by give themselves credit? It's like, like to trust that, to trust yourself, to trust your knowing, like in the some uh, modalities refer to it as um, trusting your inner voice or um, the God within you or your intuition or whatever, but whatever it is, whether you call it awareness or any of those other things, like trusting right. that and functioning from that space as opposed to squashing it and doing everything that you think that you should do, right. that other people think you should do, yeah. I've got a guy that I'm working with who's um, on his way to becoming a pro hockey player, and he's the, when you graduate from high school and then you go to the, these leagues where the um, college scouts scout you and then you get picked by college scouts to play hockey in college and then you get and then you get scouted to go to the so he's in the he's in that space between high school and college yeah. when he when he he's got a coach that is incredibly judgmental and incredibly um uh, worried about being a bad coach and not wanting to be a bad coach and screams and yells at the players and you know, does all that kind of stuff. And when my guy 
buys into that, he plays horribly. And when he doesn't, when he taps into the joy that playing mm-hmm. hockey is for him and the magic that he is on the ice, scores goals, the team pulls itself together. I mean, since he's been working with me from this year to last year, from last year to this year, they've got a championship team now, right? And they were at the bottom of the ranks last time. And I swear, I think a lot of it has to do with him and the space that he is when he steps beyond the coach's judgments and the judgments of all the other teammates. And he is this, because when you be that space of who you are, you provide space for other people to come to and to yes. tap into. And when you change like that, everybody around you changes. And you don't get to how they change, but they do. Right. Right. So as a parent, when you change, when you step out of the space of having to be right and having to be a good parent and having to not be a bad parent and simply step into the space of being who you are, the space of no judgment and total allowance for you and for your kids, your kids change. Right. Just like on the plane yesterday, the minute she stepped out of that space of judging herself for being a bad mom because her kids screamed, when she stepped out of that space, he quit screaming and the, the whole dynamic changed. He drank his bottle and he went to sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then woke absolutely. up and like giggled the whole plane. <laughs> <laughs> How lucky for that plane. I and know. what's one tool that we can teach our children um in a way to begin to learn to trust themselves? If they've got really locked up in, in a lot of this judgment and sometimes it's it's pretty challenging. How, what can we do or what, what tool can we teach them? What I do is I ask them if it's theirs or someone else's. And with especially, they'll start to giggle. Their body will lighten up, and they'll start to giggle. And I say to them, when you giggle like that, it's because your body is so happy that, <laughs> that you're not making it think something that it really doesn't think or believe something that it doesn't believe, right? Oh. What if that's actually not yours? And that the waves of relief that roll off them is amazing. And little little kids get it. The 16-year-old definitely got it. There was a tragedy, a uh, kid who um, tried who tried to commit suicide in the lunchroom in her school. I um, can't remember what's today, Tuesday. I think it was on Friday. And um, there was a lot of drama and a lot of ah, going on. And she, and I had met with her before and taught her the who does that belong to tool. Yeah. Is that mine or someone else's? And she said, thank you so, I, she said, I'm so glad I, I learned that before this thing happened because it made it so much easier for me not to get caught up in the hysteria that was going around. Because, I mean, that's a tough thing to see and to, and to have happen at your school and like blah, blah, blah. And what if you can go through something like that without being owned by it? And, what, and really what she is, I think, for her friends is the space that we're talking about, the space of no judgment, the space of total allowance. If, if her friends need to do trauma drama, that they can do trauma drama, but she's not, and she's, like, got their back, and she's there, and she's got her own back. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that's fantastic, to teaching them that. And um, what, what, what are we creating in this world when we're teaching and empowering our children to know what they know? Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. Such a, such a blessing, and and what are we going to create in our futures when we're teaching our children today? Trust who they be, and and regardless of who the quote unquote authority is around them, telling them anything different. Right. I, I just I 
just I'm going into a sweet moment right now and I'm just yeah, enjoying the, cool. the awareness of that. It's just it's so brilliant. And you've got so much to share with our listeners and with the people and the children and the family around the world. Thank you so much for all that you do. Um any last things that you want to share? What it, what's coming up for you and, and what you're doing in the world? Uh, what's coming up for me, I, um, I just published a book called The Keys to the Magic, and it's a play therapist guide to family-centered play therapy, which is the kind of play therapy that my practice has evolved into. And so um, I'm pretty excited about that. And it, even though it's written for play therapists, there are a lot of the tools that Christine and I have been talking about that are in the book. Um, and then I've got another book coming out in probably about a month. I'm hoping not more than four weeks, maybe six at the most, that's called Would You Teach a Fish to Climb a Tree? A different take on kids with ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism. And it's a book that I co-authored with um, Gary Douglas and Dane here, who are the co-creators of Access Consciousness. And Brilliant. it's an amazing book. It is. It's so far outside the box. <laughs> wow. I can't <laughs> like wait for that. No box. Yeah. I can't so wait for I'm that. I'm really excited about that. Good yes. for you. Awesome. Well, listen, if you'd like to connect with Anne, again, uh, www.childfamilyplaytherapy.com, www.creatingaconsciousworld.com, leaders, Anne Maxwell, and annemaxwell.accessconsciousness.com. And thank you so much for, for being with me today, Anne. I, I really look forward to hearing more about what you're doing and to grab those books for sure. And if you jump over to Inspired Choices, I will have the link to her current book. And as soon as her new book comes out, I'll also put it up there. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so at inspiredchoices.ca or on Facebook or Twitter, Inspired Choices. Coming up next week, I will have Simone Millicis from Joy of Business. She is the Worldwide Coordinator of Access Consciousness, and we're going to be talking about what we can create with business. We'd love to have you join me. And if you're interested and you're in the Toronto area, I have a bars class, Access Consciousness bars class coming up this Saturday and Foundation and Level 1 coming up over the next month. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, and remember, trust who you know you be. Thank you, Anne. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thank you for choosing to listen to Inspired Choices Radio Show. Christine McIver will return next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you.